the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. Following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. You're saying the way to live a godly life is not by any law, whether it's Old Testament Judaistic laws or so-called Christian legalism, it's only by being led by the Spirit. And the Spirit leads us to fill our minds with His thoughts. That's His point. That's how the Spirit leads you, to spiritual thoughts that starve the flesh. You are listening to Verse by Verse, a daily study from God's Word, taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. In our last class, Steve showed us how we all struggle with a constant battle against sin in our lives. In today's study, he will give us the steps that will put us on the road to victory over our sins. This encouraging word comes from Galatians chapter 5, so turn in your Bibles, if you can, to that passage. At the end of the class, I will tell you how you can order a CD of this entire two-part message or listen again to today's class. Here now is Pastor Steve with our study for today. Now, I want us to look at two passages of Scripture which help to explain what Paul is talking about concerning walking in the Spirit. The first one is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians 5, 18. Notice Paul says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with with the Spirit. Paul's saying, don't be under the control of wine. Don't let liquor control you, but instead be under the control, the domination of the Spirit. And then notice what Paul says some of the evidences are when you are filled or controlled by the Spirit. Notice verses 19 and 20. Here's what's going to happen. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Paul is saying, when you are under the Spirit's control, here's what's going to come from your life. You're going to sing to the Lord. You're going to worship the Lord. Coming from your hearts, you're going to worship him in song. Your life will be filled with gratitude. You'll be a thankful person. Gratitude will be prevalent in your lives. Gratitude to the Lord. Also, there'll be a spirit of humble submission in serving others. You won't be asserting your authority. Instead, you want to serve them. All these are evidences that you are living in surrender to the Holy Spirit. But there's another passage of Scripture that helps to put everything in focus. It's very practical, and it helps us to really understand and get a grip on this and what it means to be under the Spirit's control. It's Colossians chapter 3, just two books over. Colossians 3, verses 16 and 17. Paul says, let the word of Christ richly 
dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and giving thanks through him to God the Father. And then he goes on to speak about how in the family we're subject to one another. I want you to notice that Paul here associates Christ's words dwelling richly in us with the very same behavior that comes out of a Christian's life when he's filled with the Spirit. The same thing. We sing to the Lord. We give thanks to the Lord. And in the passage that follows, he teaches we serve each other in humility. It's the same thing. And the reason that the same virtues flow out of those Christians who have Christ's word dwelling in them and those who are filled with the Spirit is, folks, because that's exactly the same thing. They're the same thing. To be under the control of the Holy Spirit is to let Christ's word dwell in you richly so that you obey what he says. Listen, there is nothing mysterious about this, nothing mystical about walking by the Spirit. You and I are commanded by God to let our lives, which really boils down to our minds, be saturated with the truths that come from the Holy Spirit. Here's the way John MacArthur in his commentary on Galatians explains what it means to walk by the Spirit. He writes, the life walked by the Spirit is the, Christ, is the Christ-like life, the saturation of a believer's thoughts with the truth, love, and glory of his Lord, the desire to be like him in every way. It is to live in continual consciousness of his presence and will, letting the word of Christ dwell within you. Life walked by the Spirit is a life patterned after the teaching and example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Surely it's no different from being filled with the Spirit, a phrase referring to the controlling power exerted by the Spirit on a willing Christian. So when Paul says walk by the Spirit, he simply means that we are to make sure that we are continually under the Holy Spirit's control by filling our minds with his thoughts so that we now have a mindset that is responsive to do what his word tells us to do. And when we do this, do you know what happens? Notice what Paul goes on to say in verse 16, because what he has to say here is absolutely incredible, and it is critical in understanding how to overcome our besetting sins. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Now listen very closely, because this is one of the most important truths you will ever hear about in the Christian life. Paul says that the more you learn to walk by the Spirit, the more you will not carry out the desires of your flesh. And do you realize the profundity of what the apostle is saying and its implication for your life, for my life? Paul readily admits that believers, though converted and though indwelt by the Holy Spirit, still have desires of the flesh. Back in verse 13, Paul spoke of these desires. He spoke of the dangers, the true and real possibility of a Christian using his freedom to indulge his flesh. Look at verse 13 again. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. As we saw last week, by flesh, Paul is not referring to the body 
The flesh may use the body, but it's not referring to the body. He's referring to our sinful inclinations, those inward desires to do what's wrong, to do what's evil. By flesh, Paul means the sinful desires that we still have, which we will always have lurking within us until the Lord takes us home to glory when he perfectly sanctifies us. But even though we still have fleshly desires to do wrong, listen, what Paul is saying here in verse 16 is that those desires can be subdued so that we don't have to gratify them. We don't have to be slaves to them. And how are those sinful desires subdued? They are subdued by walking in or by the Spirit. Now look again at verse 16 and see the glory of this truth. Let it sink in. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Listen, if you want to have victory over your sinful appetites, thoughts, actions in your life, the only way that is ever going to happen is if you feed your mind the things of the Spirit, namely biblical truths, truths that come from the Holy Spirit. When you feed your mind spiritual truth, you cannot indulge your flesh, those appetites, because there's no room in your mind to engage in those fleshly thoughts. You've crowded them out. You've starved them. By feeding your mind with the truth, you starve the desires of the flesh so that you do not put them into action. That's how it works. Sadly, though, many Christians don't don't understand this. They don't understand the principle behind what Paul is teaching, and they have a very defective view of spirituality and sanctification. And I say that because many Christians view sanctification wrongly, erroneously. They, they erroneously think that the way to subdue their fleshly desires is by directly overcoming and focusing on certain sins in their lives just by, by sheer discipline, determination, desire, willful determination, they're going to focus on dealing with those things. Like, like kind of a New Year's resolution. I'm just going to do it. That doesn't work. You cannot just decide to give up a sinful habit or get rid of an evil imagination. Instead, you have to first, listen closely, first fill your mind with spiritual truth. You have to saturate your thinking with God's word. You have to feed your soul with godly virtues. And when you do that, you will subdue and starve those fleshly desires. That's the only way to have victory over sin. That is what the word of God is teaching. Fill your soul with the truth and you will weaken fleshly desires from ever having an opportunity to be gratified. But you will never weaken those sinful desires if you keep thinking about them because all you're doing is nurturing them. You're cultivating them and you're setting yourself up to fall into sin. You will gratify the desires of the flesh if that's all you think about. Reminds me of the time that a woman came to Martin Lloyd-Jones and said that she had some besetting sin that she just couldn't, couldn't get over. And she kept praying and praying about it and praying about it. And he said, stop praying about it. Just stop praying about it. Because every time you pray about it, you nurture those thoughts. You're filling your mind with the thoughts about your sin. You're not just praying about it. You're rehearsing it. So just stop doing it. You've prayed enough. That's great advice. That's biblical. Now, be careful that you do not have a distorted view 
of spirituality. Don't think that if you can, I could just eliminate this sin in my life or even tone it down, then I'll really be free to grow in Christ. And I'll be able then to become a mature Christian, but I can't do it while I have this sin. So I'm going to focus on the sin. No, that's not the way it works. In fact, it's just the opposite of what Paul is teaching. He says, we first have to work on having godly thoughts that come from the Holy Spirit, and then we will be able to address our sin because those godly thoughts, and here's his point, those thoughts will kill ungodly thoughts that reside in us. Listen, that's why the the Bible puts so much emphasis on what we should be thinking about, what we should be filling our minds with. Colossians 3, 1 and 2, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, Paul said, on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, there's any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The thought is meditate, ponder, think deeply, analyze these things. And again, Romans 12, 2 speaks of being transformed by the renewing of your minds. So Paul's made it very clear. The way to be sanctified is by walking by the Spirit, filling our minds with biblical truth, which in turn will kill those fleshly desires. Now they're going to rise up again. So that's why you're filled with the Spirit continuously. I want you to know, though, understand that this does not come naturally. It really doesn't. It doesn't come easily. Not to any of us. If you are going to have a Spirit-filled life, then you are going to have to fight for it. You cannot be passive about this. You cannot have the attitude, as some do, of, I'm just going to let go and let God. I'm just going to pray about it. I'm just going to surrender it. I'm going to just give it to the Lord. Now, I understand there's some truth to that. But most people who say that, mean they mean by this, I have really no responsibility. God's going to do it all. He's not. Sanctification doesn't work like that. It is not passive where you sit back and do nothing. And the reason it isn't passive is because within each of us are two warring factors the desires of the flesh and the desires of the Holy Spirit. And each of these factors wants you to obey them, and you have to choose which one you're going to obey. Paul explains this in verse 17. He says, For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. This is a picture of of the warfare raging within every soul of every Christian, and every moment of our lives. We are constantly fighting desires that are at odds with one another. We're the only people on the planet who have that. Unbelievers don't. They simply have an old sin nature. They do what the nature of sin directs them to do. This is unique to a believer. We are constantly fighting desires that are at odds with one another. If we choose to do evil, then the Holy Spirit within us opposes the evil that we want to do. If we choose to obey God, then our flesh opposes the good that we want to do. In any case, it is a battle. 
Bible teacher Philip Ryken compares this conflict that rages within our hearts to two giant sumo wrestlers trying to push each other out of the ring. Now, I realize that may not be the visual you want of two overweight guys trying to push each other out of the ring, two overweight guys in, like, diapers trying to do that, but it'll stick in your minds. That's, that's what it's like. It's a violent battle with both the flesh and the spirit vying for supremacy in our lives. And the result of this battle, according to Paul, notice at the end, he says in verse 17, is that you may not do the things that you please. In other words, while we want to obey God as believers in Christ, we also have the desire to obey him, but we don't always find ourselves obeying him. Instead, we find ourselves doing the desires of the flesh. And why is that? Because we did not walk by the Spirit. And we therefore thought about, nurtured, cultivated fleshly desires that resulted in fleshly carnal behavior. This is precisely the same thing that Paul went through. That's why I say no matter how how mature you are in Christ, how much God has used you, you're not eliminating this struggle. Paul himself, as a mature believer, struggled in this very area, and he's very candid about this in Romans chapter 7. He's speaking as a mature believer, not as an unconverted man. I said unconverted people don't have this struggle. Only believers do. Notice Romans 7, verse 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For I'm not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. I mean, can't you relate to that? Every believer can. Verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. This is the way it is with every Christian, and the struggle will be with us all of our lives. But don't be discouraged. This is not a discouraging passage of Scripture. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul is saying the good news is that victory over your sin is available. It is available. Just starve the desires of the flesh by feeding on the desires of the Spirit by reflecting on his truths. That's the way to overcome sin in your life, not by following some legalistic rules. That's what the Judaizers were teaching. Just follow these rules and you'll be fine. You'll be holy. No, Paul said that's not the way it is. And that's why he sums up this brief passage in verse 18, what he's been saying about sanctification in relation to the law. He says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. He's saying the way to live a godly life is not by any law, whether it's Old Testament Judaistic laws or so-called Christian legalism. It's only by being led by the Spirit. And the Spirit leads us to fill our minds with his thoughts. That's his point. That's how the Spirit leads you, to spiritual thoughts that starve the flesh. Now, every true Christian wants to live a godly life. In these verses, Paul tells us how. So you have to apply this, folks. You have to go home and think about this, but I want to give you some practical thoughts as we bring this to a close about how to actually walk by the Spirit. Some practical thoughts to to filling your minds with His truth. Certainly, this is just, it's not an exhaustive thing that I'm going to tell you, just some, some practical stuff that might help. Number one, spend time memorizing and meditating on Scripture. If you've never done that before, you need to do that. If you have done it before, keep doing it. 
The psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's exactly what Paul is saying. Have the word in your heart and you'll find that you won't sin like you have been. Memorize, meditate on scripture. If you say, well, I I really have a hard time memorizing the word. Well, of course you do. Satan doesn't want you to memorize the word. So do it anyway. Secondly, read good Christian books, especially biographies of godly individuals, because these men and women have lived out virtue before us. They've gone before us. They've lived out virtue. Emulate their lives. Know about them. Number three, get rid of any reading material or videos that lead you to be tempted to sin. Stop filling your minds with trash. Be careful about what you read, about what you look at. It goes without saying, be careful about the internet. Four, I don't want to be legalistic about this, but cut back generally on television and other media venues. I'm not saying don't watch any TV. I'm not saying throw your TV out. We don't teach legalism here, but I am saying be careful. Cut back. Generally speaking, most of us need to cut back on television and other media venues because the values of Hollywood tend to desensitize us to sin. And I would add this. Be careful about what you listen to on radio Morning shows can be notorious for vulgarity by guys who think it's cool to speak about sex and demeaning things about women. Be careful about this, especially early morning shows. Listen to something like, hey, verse by verse, there's a thought. (laughs) Or other things, get good CDs, get, get Bible teaching, fill your mind with the truth. Number five, I suggest you serve in some ministry. Be involved in a ministry in your church so you are not nurturing your selfishness. Be thinking about other people. Do something for somebody else so you're not just thinking always about yourself. Now, if you know nothing about this inward conflict that we've been talking about this morning between obedience to God and obedience to the fleshly desires, if it's just a foreign concept to you and you say, I don't know what this guy's even talking about, it's because... And I'll be frank with you, because you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. Every believer knows what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you have not placed your trust in Christ as Lord and Savior, and the Spirit of God does not indwell you. The Spirit of God indwells you. You know what this battle is about. In fact, let me encourage those of you who who have thought, well, I I, I may not even be saved because I have so many battles. Listen, the battles prove that you are saved. It's those who don't have these battles know nothing about this, those are the ones who need to be concerned because it means that you're not a Christian. So I urge you, if this is foreign stuff to you, then you, you still need to come to Christ. You need to repent of your sin and trust Christ to be your Savior. Take him as your Savior. Take him as your Lord. But for the rest of us, make sure today you start filling your mind with the truth, feed on the truth, and you'll starve the desires of the flesh. Let's pray. Father, thank you for such a practical passage of Scripture. Lord, this meets us where we are. These are the battles that we have every day, and you know this. Lord, help us to take heed to your word. This is the word of God. This is not man's opinion, but it's your word. You know about our flesh, and you gave us the Spirit of God to deal with that. And so I pray that you'd help us to be disciplined, to think on the things that are true, to fill our minds with truth, to to get rid of stuff that's just trash. 
to, to no longer nurture the desires of the flesh. Lord, each one knows what those are in their lives. So we pray that you'll take these truths, apply them, and, and help us to live in a manner that honors you, not because of any rule, but because of the Spirit of God enabling us to honor you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for sharing these important truths from God's Word. And thank you, my listening friend, for being here in class today. We hope our studies in this fifth chapter of Galatians have been of great help in your daily walk with Christ. There are still more studies to come in our next classes. Plan to be with us. If you would like to listen again to this study or any of the previous studies available to you free of charge, just go to our website, versebyverseradio.org, and click on the Message Archive tab. Well, there you can sign up for our free podcasting service so you won't miss any future classes. You can also give to the ministry online by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org, and clicking on the Giving tab. Your prayers and financial support of this ministry are vitally important to the continuation of Verse by Verse on this great radio station. Lakeside Community Chapel is located at 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve would love to meet you sometime if you are looking for a family-oriented place to worship. You can call the church for further information at 7... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.